Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Fire! Booty! Our goal is simple. Share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks. Just like you! Uh, achievement unlocked! So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm! <laughs> yeah! This is Russ, Xbox Live, Gamer Handle Toaster 360, and I'm joined by my brother, Steve. What up? What is your Xbox Live Gamer Tag, Steve? Steveavich. Oh, the one and only. I have to give you guys an update regarding my name as I realized I have not done this before, but if you're searching for me, the O in Toaster is actually the numerical zero, so it's T-Zero-A-S-T-E-R, and then the numerical 360, Toaster 360, so... Hopefully someone who already has Toaster 360 in the classical sense is not being barraged by people either wanting to play with them or just absolutely hating them. It will, you know, hopefully we'll just, we'll be able to fix that right away. Um, so how are you doing, Steve? Doing good, Russ. Doing real good. Oh. Have you had a nice week, Steve? I had a productive week. Um, but I'm uh, well rested and uh, here. Good to be here. Mm. You look bright eyed and bushy tailed, Steve. Bushy-tailed indeed. Or is it just bushy? Just bushy. Mm. More bushy than tailed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have some fun announcements regarding Joygasm. Uh, we are going to be having more of a presence on social media. I've been kind of going through and getting that all set up. And so on Twitter, you can find us at Joygasm TV. On Facebook, you can find us at just facebook.com slash joygasm. And then on YouTube, we are also on there as Joygasm, although it's a little harder to find us on YouTube just because they have some some requirements in place. So um, I think you have to have like at least 100 subscribers and you have to have had the channel active for at least 30 days. So we once we get all those two, those two filters, then we'll be right as rain. And I think on Facebook, at least I was looking for our page the other day and uh, your wife had to point out to me. Mm. That when you, wife. when you put when you search for joygasm, you actually have to scroll over and select pages, or else it won't populate in the search field. It won't. No, joygasm won't be there unless you scroll over and hit pages, and then it pops up. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. Okay, that's that's interesting. I know that um, one of the the fun little happy mistakes, or not really happy mistakes, but kind of a side thing that that's occurred is. Um, we haven't really formally announced that we have these pages up, but mm -hmm. due to the, the friends who already exist in, in our feeds and whatnot, the page has slowly been kind of trickling out. And so as a result, we've had uh, a few of our good friends actually automatically just start locking the page, which is great. Big thank you is in order for that. Thank y'all. <laughs> so 
moving on to the main event, as we should not delay it any longer. Mm. Steve and I just got back from watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Mm-hmm. So literally just got back. Yeah, like, we're at the theater and then drove straight home. Mm-hmm. We were just we're just really excited to be able to do this podcast while everything is just fresh in our minds. I think we're still in the in the process of processing. How about that? Pop. so we are going to do two versions of this podcast um, just because we really want to be able to talk about what we just saw but we also want to be sensitive to those who haven't seen it yet so when you look at the episodes you're going to see an episode three and an episode 3b and in capital letters i'm going to put on there one's going to say spoiler alert and the other one is going to say no spoilers so that way you know, whichever option you choose, you know, hopefully um, there, there'll be something there to your liking, but we just figured that way we'll be able to kind of get it out while we're all excited about it. So right now, we're going to give you a moment to check which episode you've downloaded and are listening to. Just check that title and make sure it's the one that you want. Go ahead and check right now. <clears throat> Okay. Okay. Now we're back. And break. <laughs> so, here we go. We are going to, I say, let's start off with just our high-level reaction to the movie. No spoilers. So, so this, this that's going to be kind of difficult. But I, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm just saying it's going to be difficult. Catch me if I start kind of trailing. Oh, off. oh, I'm going to catch you, and then I'm going to drop you. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, let's just try and keep it high level. Uh, let's start off with okay. Did you like the movie, Steve? I did. I did like the movie. Um, I would say, and it's always the case where when you have the sequel to the first movie, Mm -hmm. that it's always not as good as the first movie. And, I mean, while that is still the case, this is a very good sequel to the first movie. This is a great Mm follow-up. I had all the magic of of the first movie, um, and you know what? It was it was great to see people of all ages in the theater too. It's like the movie had something to um, uh, to somebody's liking, to everybody's liking. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what did you think, Russ? I thought it was great. I, I I have to preface this with talking about the first time I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, and I actually did a a, a written blog post on this a while ago, but. I've never read the comic book. I don't think you have either. No. I didn't know Guardians of the Galaxy existed. And so when I saw the movie for the first time, I remember thinking to myself, wow, like Disney and Marvel are really taking a, a risk with this because it's it's not a known IP such as the Avengers or um, Spider-Man, something to that, to that effect. It's just it's like this unknown comic book. And so I went into it with, with pretty low expectations. And then was completely blown away when I went in there. I just watching the film and falling in love with all of these characters and the storyline, the script, everything. Um, I just walked out thinking, "Oh my gosh! Like this is this is really high up on my list. I really do love this film." And so it's interesting to look at it now with the sequel coming out because now I flip flopped where my expectations are super high going in because the first one was so great. 
And I'm really, really happy to say that I would say uh, that for the most part, it was it was a great film. Like I, I really did enjoy just about everything about it. Um, the I, I love I love the fact that there were new characters that were introduced into the world of Guardians of the Galaxy that were not like throwaway characters was kind of what I talk about. I feel like that's one of the things with um, Michael Bay's Transformers movies is that he just, he introduces these characters, um, these different Autobots or Decepticons, but he kills them off so quickly and everything else. It's like, you just re- don't really have the chance to really um, appreciate the character. Yeah. Appreciate the character, bond with the character, that sort of thing. Whereas in, in this one, um, there, there are just all these characters that come up and, and they're not throwaway, like that you actually want to know more about them. Um, and so that, that was definitely super cool as well. Music, the soundtrack was still great. Um, had some, some poignant moments in the, in the soundtrack, which I liked also just the, the selection of music. I think the selection of music, uh, was a nice, I guess, continuation from the first film. Right. Um, I feel like, like there was a lot of good selections made, um, that kind of, I don't know, it worked well for the tone of the film. Right. Just like in the, in the, as as in the first film, the first film had um, certain song selections from the the late seventies and eighties and like early eighties, I guess you could say. Uh, but but the, the 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 types of songs that were selected were very fitting for the exposition. Whereas the second one, you know, you have a bit more storytelling going on since the exposition has been set, and we're, we're kind of seeing what else is going on. But I just I found myself really enjoying the world of Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. I, I had similar uh, feelings with the first movie where I went into it thinking s- similar thoughts. Um, I forgot who I went with, but I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to see it at all. And many of my friends said, no, I, I know the title sounds corny and I know it looks kind of awkward, kind of odd and a little bit funny, but you got to see it. And it was unanimous between my male friends and my female friends. Uh, and so I saw it with, like you said, very low expectations. Like, All right, fine. I'll go. Good grief. And it was blown away by the movie. It was, it was great entertainment and uh, hit me in the feels. Oh, <laughs> um, I couldn't wait to see the second movie. Um, and I already knew after seeing the first movie that I wanted to go to the theater and see it. I just didn't want to wait for it to go to DVD. Um, and uh, so when this came out, number one, the preview was was everything that uh, lived up to the movie. I know sometimes the previews go, oh, isn't this movie great? And then you watch the movie and then the movie kind of falls short. But this one, um, across the board, uh, with the music and the continued story and just the cast, they, they've cast everybody so well. They, I, yeah, they yeah. did. Um, I don't want to go too much into the character scene on this episode, um, but for the large part, uh, the, the main characters uh, are, are, are just cast. Everybody plays their part very, very well. Uh, they just owned it. Yeah, I agree. I think I, th- I think that is one of the biggest things is when it comes to the the casting. The casting is so huge for any film. And to your point, I mean, absolutely. They even all the newcomers that came in, I just I felt like they fit. Like they just really did fit their roles well. And that and that to me, you know, when you think of Guardians of the Galaxy's visual style, 
it's really kind of silly. I mean, you have just these real rainbow bright colored palettes going on and that sort of thing. And, and um, I think the saving grace for a film like this really is the, the story and the actors that can bring these characters to life, like like just the the, the quality of the the casting itself, like what you just said, um, I think that's that's really what what brings it together, and their ability to be able to, to bring the screen the screenplay to life is just. I think if you were to have certain other folks that that were placed in those roles, I don't think the film would be what it is. I think they've done a really nice job of, of curating those actors. You know they've. <clears throat> excuse me, they've also done a nice job with is uh, integrating computer graphics with live characters, mm-hmm. which has always been a difficult thing in the past because, I mean, I'm not a producer or director or special effects artist, but you basically have to tell somebody live, this is what's going to happen. Act as if this imaginative character was right in front of you. And though they try their best, they you could see it in their face as if, they, they know they're not speaking to anybody in front of them. Right. And the character is just animated right there. Mm-hmm. But in this one, I mean, it just seemed like the the two worlds blended where the CG and the live characters, they did a better job of, of emotions and expressive um, expressions on their face um, and treating the, the scenes as if it was all one world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I found myself... Uh have that same kind of reaction where it was just, you know, Rocket Raccoon or you know, Baby Groot and all the other characters were great. I have to say I, I enjoyed the uh, the new logo animation that Marvel Studios had yeah, at the I beginning. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. It was like they, they've, you know, I still, just about all of the, the logo treatments that they've done with regards to the animations before the films begin, they've all been really cool. I've, I've, I liked how when they get, they had their start kind of having the comic book flipping motif going and, and then they slowly started bringing 3d into that. And now it's kind of like they've gone into a full embrace of just showing the, the family of actors who portray these different characters into, uh, the, the, the logo itself. So that's, that's, that's really cool. I, I think, uh, people will get a nice, uh, response from that so the other thing too was the uh i'm trying to think of how i can say this without going into too much detail <laughs> i'm gonna slap you if you do <laughs> um yeah i'll i'll hold off on that until we do the, the i was amped to hear it and I, then you took it away from me i just like to tease you um what else is there I'm trying to think of things that I can say for the spoiler-free version. I mean, oh, one of the things I can say is make sure you guys stay till the end of the film because there are several Easter eggs that are going right. on. You know, Marvel's known for that. This is nothing new. Like more, more so than usual. More so than usual. Yeah, we won't talk about what you see in there, but just make sure you guys stay to. I mean, literally to the very last part because I think they had like four or five. Uh, kind of yeah. like Easter egg right. moments at the end. I mean, it, it was really cool how they just kind of gave you just a huge helping. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think also too when any movie when the when the credits start to roll, that's when people start to exit the theater, mm-hmm. and no one really cares about the credits. And personally, I don't you know really want to care about the credits. I don't want to. I'd rather get out 
and and the traffic, you know, and go home or something, then sit right. through the theater and watch a bunch of words and names go on screen. Yeah. But on this one, um, you get to enjoy the music. Mm-hmm. The music's great. And they give you these Easter eggs, too. So it's a time to sit and reflect on the movie and enjoy the the, the, the finishing off of the mm-hmm. film. Yeah. And um, know, to me, it was just enjoying. That doesn't happen in many films. Right. Yeah. No, it was really cool. The and also the the audience that we were with were fun. I mean, you had a lot of participation from the the audience in a way that I always enjoy. I, I'm I'm kind of the personal of the personal opinion that a large portion of the the experience going to the theater is having a really cool audience to do it with. You know, be able to laugh together, cry together, react, gasp together, that right. sort of thing. I mean, it, it really does add a little bit of the uh, a bonus, if you will, to the whole the whole thing. You know, as opposed to cell phones going off and babies right, crying and people right. bringing in like some sort of strongly scented food yeah. and that sort of thing, you're just like, "What the? Yeah, what are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. So it's affecting everybody. Um, and actually, the the film itself had several great moments. I mean, just just the kind of the the, the broad spectrum of emotion was kind of played with throughout the the film, right. and and that's. Not necessarily anything new because they did that in the first film too. Like you, you had a lot of humor through it, and then they had touching moments, and then parts of just kind of the, these um, kind of uh, plot twists or plot surprise kind of things. And so that was that was really good. So um, I found myself being the only one laughing about a couple of the scenes where I thought, I, I hope I'm not. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sometimes I can laugh a little bit loud, and I hope I didn't <laughs> just ruin it for everybody, but. Um, there were some scenes where I just thought it were hilarious, and I was bursting out laughing. I thought, okay, um, I guess I'll shut up now or I'll laugh in my sleeve because no one else is laughing. Well, I think that people in the theater actually took turns doing that because yeah. like, there were two guys sitting next to me, and, I mean, they were you could tell these these guys were, were big Guardian fans. But they, they were just having a blast. I mean, right. they, they they just were laughing at things and just having little talks and stuff to themselves briefly on on what was going on on the screen and you know how it relates to the comic book and stuff. But yeah, there were times like that where like there'd be something that that you'd hear like this like just boisterous laughter coming from somewhere in the theater. But then at the same time, you'd also have other moments in the film where like the entire theater just started laughing, right? You know, or you could hear little sniffles here and there and that sort of thing and. Um, so yeah, I would, I, I think it's, it's safe to say that we both recommend if you haven't seen the film, definitely go out and check it out. It's another Marvel masterpiece. Indeed. So there was, um, one time where the guy sitting behind me had the worst breath. Oh, I'm telling you, think of after cigarette. Are you sure it was his breath? Oh, Steve? no, it, it was after, after cigarette popcorn. Mm. And coffee. My my. Blend that up and then go. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and I was like engulfed the whole movie. I, I, I had to like <laughs> lean forward to trust try and and distance myself from the guy's breath behind me, like clouding my head. You know, in a weird way though, I bet that kind of almost acted as like a smell of vision. <laughs> Quality for you because there are several scenes in the film where, like, I'm sure that some of those planets may have had that kind of aroma. Yeah, I hope not. I hope not. I hope it's better. <laughs> How many stars would you give the film out of five stars? Uh, between a four and a four out of five. Between uh, a four and a four out of five? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if I would go four or 
Do you mean 4.5 out of 5? Excuse me, yeah, 4.5 out of 5, I think. Um, (laughs) I was kind of like, wait, what? Between, yeah, between 4 and 5. I, um, you know, 5 would have to be a perfect film. Right. Uh, And you know me just being a very, very critical guy. Yeah, yeah. I would give it also probably 4 out of 5 stars. And just because 5 stars, like it's, Empire Strikes Back is 5 stars to me. Um, you know, even Lord of the Rings, two towers is five stars to me. So it takes quite a bit to, to get up there. Um, I would say the original guardians of the galaxy was 4.5 stars. Yeah. And this one's four stars, which again, nothing to sneeze at. It's still, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I had a great time. Right. Now, I mean, four out of five stars for a Hollywood flick, um, is definitely a good rating. I mean, I, I want to see it again in the theater. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm glad movies are coming out quicker and quicker to Blu-ray and DVD, but I I think it's definitely worthy to see twice in the theater. Right. Yeah. Well, cool. <clears throat> and like I said earlier, if you guys have any kind of comments that you'd like to add to it, uh, please hit us up at, at Joygasm TV on Twitter, or if you go to Facebook.com/slash/Joygasm, you should be able to to find our our lovely little logo there. And just be able to give us some feedback. We'd love to hear your opinions as well in terms of uh, what you thought of the film. So in addition to our bro date of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I think it is worth mentioning also that in our previous episode that we were talking, we had discovered that you never saw the movie No Country for Old Men. <clears throat> yeah. Um. No Country for Old Man. That's right. Coen Brothers film. Coen Brothers are some of my favorites. Um, you know what? Actually, let's pause it really quick. Hold that thought. The trailer uh, before Guardians of the Galaxy. I just I just feel compelled to just mention that really quick. Lots of films coming out that look good. Thor, Ragnarok, real fun. Um. Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Just give it an Oscar now and let's be done with it. Yeah, Dunkirk is just amazing. It's the next Christopher Nolan film. I actually, I, I get, I feel like I get to toot my horn on this a bit. I showed you the first teaser trailer of that film and you're like, what? Like you were interested in seeing it because I told you it was the next Christopher Nolan film. And I remember after you saw the, the, the initial teaser, you were like looking at me like, oh man, that looks yeah. intense. And so now we got another one. Dude, that film... I'm sorry. That that looks like yet another masterpiece. Just as far and away, it's another Christopher Nolan masterpiece. It's going to be so great. And I think does it come out this summer, uh, or is that or is that next year? I think it's next year. You know what? Look on your phone. Let's, let's check, check that out. Anyway, um, you guys are in for a tr- it's kind of a no brainer. But you guys are in for a treat in terms of the amount of of trailers that are coming out. That there was Thor. Uh, there was a trailer for Spider Man Homecoming. There was a trailer for Dunkirk. Of course, they showed Star Wars: The Last Jedi, but I mean, a lot of these trailers have already been viewed by by most folks online this year. So, oh, it is! It's July twenty first. Dunkirk comes out. Okay, so yeah, we are totally going to go see that film. That goes without saying. I am very much looking forward to that. Um, in addition to Pirates of the Caribbean and um, Spider Man: Homecoming. Then there are there are a few others that are escaping my mind. So anyway, just had to get that out there. You're you guys are 
going to love the trailer to Dunkirk. Anyway, let's go to No Country for Old Men. So yeah. in our previous episode, Steve had mentioned he had never seen the film. So um, we decided to have yet another bro date and um, had you over to the house to watch the film. So I am going to ask you straight up, what'd you think? Well, um, it definitely is a movie that'll stick with you for a couple nights. Um, the villain is another, you know, crazy guy, but at the same time, he's Javier. 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 Um, he's not crazy as in, you know, flailing your arms around and, and Joker style crazy, but he's got that mental tweak about him where you look him in the eye and you say the wrong thing. He's not right in the head. And he's not right in the head. Yeah. This is a twisted individual that has principles and ideals that are going to make you dead. Right. Um, anyhow, so the way they made the film with little to no music was very effective because it kept my attention throughout the whole movie. I think sometimes music makes you, it's, it's so grandiose in a way, it makes you lose focus to what they want you to see, and they rather have you focus on what to hear. Sure. And this, you were totally focused on uh, what was happening in front of you. Um, so the lines the characters had, and the sound effects too. A lot of, a lot of the sound that was in the movie was, was very, very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very good. But did you like the film? What did you think overall? I'm going on with it, Russ. I'm just trying to address it, you know, little by little. Okay, just doling it Um, out. I see see the approach. I I did like the film. Uh, At the time, it seemed to go by very, very fast. Um, I'm just just trying to see scenes out of it in my mind. Uh, I, I liked... Tommy Lee Jones' character, but he's kind of always the sheriff for the martial law. In it's the Tommy land. Lee Jones being yeah. Tommy Lee Jones, right. and that's just gold. Um, the the the, the Louillette Moss, I think his name was Louillette Louillette. I don't know. I think his name is uh, or oh, Lowland Louillen Louillen Moss. That's what his name. The guy with the mustache. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he I just saw in a recent flick, uh, Sicario. He had played a role in Sicario. I knew I had seen him before. Um, he he was good, and I like how they kind of displayed him being like this trailer park lifestyle. And, you know, he had a Vietnam background, and so he knew how to survive and how to hunt and how to track, uh, how, to, how to deal with the hot desert climate. Um, and, I, and I liked how he was somewhat stripped of emotion. I mean, he had fear. But he could mentally uh, bury his pain in a way. And so when he saw that guy dying Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the movie and the guy's like just gasping for any kind of water, he's like, well, I don't have any and I can't help you. And so I'm just going to keep on looking around here and see what I find and scavenge the area. And his one act of kindness got him into a pickle. And his one act of kindness got him into a pickle and cost him his life. Yeah, Yeah. isn't that just the truth? (laughs) Try to do something nice for you, and then, like, you get in a car accident or so. I mean, isn't that just life? Did you like how raw the film was, like, just in terms of the the visual storytelling? It was very, kind of had this uh, stark contrast taking place in the 70s and um, just real unforgiving environment. Yeah, I I did like that. but I think they contrasted the the environment with the very nice 
appeal of the residents in the movie. Everybody who was either helping the main character or the villain out in the movie was very kind-hearted and just wanted to do something to be nice. But lo and behold, nice deeds ended up caught. I mean, in a way, that's a little bit twisted of of a theme. You know, you go out of your way to help somebody to be nice because you're a good human being and then it, and you end up getting killed for it or hunted down or, or what have you. Um, I mean, how many times did that happen in the movie? I mean, that's about five times at least. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow. So what did you think of the villain? Yeah, I kept on thinking. <laughs> I don't know. It was just something about it, the guy's voice and the way he looked in his eyes. He didn't have to be loud for him to be threatening. Right. Um, and I mean, any kind of villain is going to be careless with people's lives and they're just not going to care and they're going to kill them anyway. So whatever. But the way he did it was with, with that, that silencer on the shotgun. That was yeah. that. I've never seen that before. That was a really cool sound. Whatever that like air canister sound. cattle prod, uh, not cattle prod, but like the thing you kill cattle with. Yeah. yeah. Um, man. And it's just that, that silent Eerie, haunting, mm-hmm. dread, menacing. Yeah, dread. I mean, he was death incarnate. Yeah, it was just well, and also too, it played into like cause I haven't seen the film since it was in theaters back in two thousand seven, so it, it was a, a fun treat for me as well. But I forgot just how strong the acting. Once again, the acting performances, like you said, like you said, there was really no soundtrack whatsoever. And a lot of the, the the scenes were just these long drawn out scenes that had a lot of clever storytelling and not well and for well I guess better way of saying it, is it had a clever um, screenplay. All the different lines of dialogue were just so well done, and that but I mean that's what I come to expect from a Coen Brothers film. Every Coen Brothers film just has such delicious dialogue. It's right, just, you're just your ear. It's it's a treat for the ears for sure. <clears throat> I just think that the that theme of not going out of your way to help somebody was prevalent in in the movie uh, from start to finish. No country for old men. It's the old men living in old times who went out of their way to do the kind thing to mm. help them out, to help anybody out who was stranded on the side of the street. And nowadays, it's who can you trust? And do you risk being nice to somebody with the cost of harm to you, mm-hmm. potential harm to you. What's the ratio? Do I help this person out and live or do I help this person out and maybe sacrifice myself? Um, something simple like charging someone's battery or giving them a lift. What's the cost to you? And why should you be nice to somebody, you know? Uh, so anyway, the theme and the title kind of went hand in hand in that sense. Um, I One thing... I, I, I didn't care for was how uh, Tommy Lee Jones being the sheriff treated his deputy. Oh. And, and I know it works for the film. And it was just a pet peeve for me in my life because of previous employers that I have had, some of them. Uh, if, I'm on the, if I'm in the learning curve and I don't know about everything entailing the job and that's why I'm in training, mm-hmm. Teach me. Yeah. Let me learn from you. Don't just make it obvious that the question I'm asking is stupid when I don't know the answer to that question. Right. And so the deputy was a, was a nice guy. I wanted to learn, and, and Tommy Lee Jones didn't really you know squish him that much. 
Um, but he just did it enough to where it almost since seemed like a waste of the, of the deputy's time to even ask Tommy Lee Jones what he should do or not do. Um, when he's trying to come to him, giving him advice and asking well, I him. Think, I think that, that kind of plays into just how experienced Tommy Lee Jones' character was, you know, as the old sheriff. He, he had seen his fair share of different situations and stuff, whereas the deputy has not had as, as many. And, and as a result, it's you saw more of the innocence from the deputy, whereas Tommy Lee Jones was kind of questioning whether or not mankind is destined to survive or not, <laughs> which, you know, if you think about it, like a lot of people in law enforcement can have a jaded view of life just based on their day in and day out jobs of having to deal with the unfortunate lower parts of the human condition. True. But everyone's got to start from somewhere. I mean, even Tommy yeah. Lee Jones started at where the, the deputy started and grew and matured to be the, the, the trained professional that he is. Um, but you can't give up on the younger generation because just for the mere fact that they're younger and they don't know as much as you know. Um, and I don't think he gave up on it. Yeah, I think it had more to do with just like he was already troubled and stressed about this particular case and also just, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the, it was, I, I see what you're saying. But it, yeah, it was the case that never got solved. Number one. And number two, he already knew he was going to retire. He was wanting to get out of the business just to live a retired life. And so you're, he's handing the reins over to somebody who is somewhat maltrained. Mm. Just, you know, I, I've been there plenty of times before. It's like that's not the best decision uh-huh. you want to do if you're purposefully going to know you're, you're going to retire and you want to set the person up for success, not failure. Uh-huh. What did you think of the, um, the ending of the film? It ended the way The Sopranos ended, pretty much. Um, I, I didn't care for it in a way. There's there, there just too many knots untied for me. There was parallels with the dreams that he had for the rest of the film, um, but in the same respect, you had to just be okay with the villain walking away and probably killing more people. I mean, he had his money and he kind of, he, he killed who he had to kill yeah. in his wake. But I mean, is that where his life ends? Cause he's not normal now. He's still tweaked. He's still messed up in the head. Uh, and he's probably always going to want more money or drugs or whatever he did to get the money. Um, so that part you have to be okay with. You never saw what happened with the deputy. <clears throat> he just became the deputy. Um, and then Tommy Lee Jones retires, but he's always kind of be worried and concerned. And a part of him is still going to be always with law enforcement, even though he's not employed as law enforcement. So we just have to be okay with that. And you never really see him, uh, you know, hand the reins over to the deputy. It's just, he had a conversation with this stoic family member and, about his his departure from being a sheriff, and then all of a sudden he was just retired after he saw the Llewellyn Moss mm-hmm. lying there dead. Which, I mean, being a sheriff, you're gonna see dead people everywhere. So that I don't think that was a turning point for him. I just he just ended. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just too soon. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, they had to wrap up. They they wanted to get some final points across. But so, I I just <clears throat> prefer. Uh, I can respect. 
the movie makers leaving it up to the viewer to come to their own conclusions. I can respect that. But in this one, I think, even though I enjoyed the film, the end left too much untied for me, and it just, whatever you want to happen, happen. Cool. Mm-hmm. But I, I would like to see some some conclusions. Yeah, yeah. So what rating would you give that film? I would say, I would say three and a half. Okay. Three to three and a half. Uh, I only because I I, I, w- I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy, and I didn't enjoy it enough to have it be a four. I'm glad I saw it. I probably recommend it to some of my friends. Uh, it is definitely a movie worth seeing, um, but at the same time, I'm not going to go out of my way to tell people that they have to go see it. Or if it was in the theater. I don't know if I'd pay extra money to go see it in the theater either. Uh, but but again, I'm, I'm glad I saw it. And um, if anybody has Amazon Prime and they're looking for a, a great flick to watch, with the not with the family, but <laughs> definitely not for the kids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but a good Have movie. the baby watch it. <laughs> um, but uh, a, good, a good film, a good thriller film to watch. Um, I, right. I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, that for me, I love the film. That's it's definitely a film that I just I can't watch all the time because it is kind of a downer of a film. But I'm just riveted every time I've watched. It, I'm just like, my goodness, which you know, it's only I would say, I think I watched it one time when it came out on DVD back in the day when DVDs were king. Um, but overall, I yeah, it's it's definitely one of the more darker Coen Brothers films. But to me, that's okay. I actually like kind of going away from what I'm used to, which is more of like the, everything gets buttoned up at the end and we have a happy ending. You know, it's, it's actually kind of a Western in that way. So I, I'm, I'm glad I had the opportunity to be able to sit down and watch it with you and be able to just kind of vicariously live through, through your first experience with it. So, right. I, I thought they were going to have Woody Harrelson's character, live a little bit longer yeah. so you can see where he came from because obviously he knew the villain, uh, kind of a, a John Wick sort of deal where, I mean, Woody Harrelson was probably that another assassin, a little messed up in that sense, not nearly as messed up as the villain, but he knew who the villain was and he knew the dark deals to be made. Uh, just He just wasn't as twisted as Harvey. Well, and I like to, you know, to your point about John Wick, one of the things I like about the world of John Wick is that you have this, like you said, League of Assassins. There's kind of this 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 world that they all live in. They all kind of know each other. There's a mutual respect. Uh, to a certain extent, there there is some like a mutual respect, but there's also kind of a mutual mutual yeah. truce, I guess you could or, say. Yeah, mutual lethality. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, I know you're lethal, but you know I'm lethal too, and. In order for it to not, you know, burn down into anarchy and chaos, there are certain rules that are in place. And to a certain extent, I think that No Country for Old Men had that same thing, like with Woody Woody Harrelson's character talking to Javier and whatnot. Um, I unfortunately don't remember the the actual character names in the film, but I actually liked how he wasn't in the film that long. It's things like that, that where you have a prominent actor and you think, oh, this this actor is going to be here for a large part of the film and, and to have them turn it around and be like, nope, actually he's only in there for like maybe 10 minutes. 
uh, I thought that was a nice surprise as well. So don't be greedy. That's right. And don't bring jugs of water to dying drug dealers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he, how can you turn down $2 million? But, you know, his wife had nothing to do with it, Llewellyn's mm-hmm. um, wife. And yeah, that was a sad scene, too. Yeah, I mean, she kind of accepted her own death, unfortunately. I'm glad they didn't show him killing her. It was kind of messed up, though, like when he walked out of the house and he stopped and leaned on the, the front porch post and he like checked the bottom of his shoes. You could tell to make sure there weren't wasn't any blood. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was it's a tragedy of a film. It, it really is. You, you see these people get involved with the wrong kind of folks. And even the ones who stayed alive, like Tommy Lee Jones, you could see, you could tell that like just their faith in humanity has really taken a backseat. And so just I don't know, it just it just gives me pause just to kind of reflect on some of that. Not that I've lost my own faith in humanity. I think that there's a tremendous capacity for good if I'm not being too strong in the uh, Superman lore. But anyway, I think that's about all the time we have for this particular podcast. I hope that you guys all enjoyed our uh, little bantering here for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 as well as No Country for Old Men. And just to repeat ourselves once again, you can find us on Twitter at TV. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash joygasm. You can also find us on YouTube, which is where I'm going to be um, placing our podcasts as well, just for convenience sake. And that is also joygasm. And you can just find, um, I, I think initially it's going to be a little hard to, to track down, but uh, just look for our, our sweet little logo there, as well as some saucy pictures of uh, Steve and me. And then uh, you'll be all set to go. So... Until next time, we'll see you later and happy gaming. See you guys.